0: Hi, everybody. Welcome once again to Great Questions, Great Conversations. It's a podcast that we have here as part of a ministry at St. Paul's in the Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. Uh, my name is Mike Westendorf. I am the host. And uh, joining us again today is uh, our regular Pastor Pete Panitsky. Uh, Pastor Pete, how are you doing?
1: I am doing great today. It's a beautiful day.
0: Yeah, yeah. we won't tell everybody about the... uh air pollution index, the smoke that I can't see outside, yeah, uh, well, the highest. I
1: probably, I, I probably shouldn't sing my song that I sang at Min Team today. Uh, yeah. Yeah,
0: right. We'll, we'll send out a separate recording. You can ask Eric and she'll Instagram it to some, you know, and, and then it'll get lots of views. You'll go viral just like that. Um, but we have been uh, really enjoying the uh, the conversations over the last four months here that uh, we've had a number of really good questions that have come in. And then we've had conversations that have come off those Uh, We've got a slate of additional uh, thoughts that we want to jump into. And the whole premise of this podcast has been, you know, when you ask a good question, um, there really is no such thing as this black and white. We'd all like it to be yes or no. And the only time that you really get that question is when you show up at the drive-thru and they say, do you want fries with that? Then you can have a black and white answer. But anytime we start talking about Christian topics... Um, there are nuances and there's context and there's trying to know your audience. And so what we're trying to do is honor these questions with a little bit more uh, space and time. And certainly we don't endeavor to have all the answers for every scenario. um, But um, Pastor Peter really appreciated a a lot of the wisdom that you've been sharing and that we've just been able to do together. Yeah, We've got an interesting question um, that comes in uh, from uh, friends of ours and it's a it's a good one and it's going to have to deal with the idea of engagement and marriage in the state and so um I was trying to think about a good place to start um but i think i i, I think i want to start us with the idea of engagement um because for some of you who are listening in right now you might be our generation or older um engagement and marriage had a certain list of cultural norms and expectations. Uh, then there's the biblical cultural norms and expectations uh, within Christendom. And then there's the culture that we uh, exist in in America today. And it's different in other parts of the country. Africa right. and Asia would have different hold, you know. But within the American context, let's talk a little bit about engagement in marriage and uh, just open that up uh, to your observations first, Pastor Pete.
1: Yeah, so uh, the question came from somebody who is of my generation, uh, and uh, it reminds me of the conversations we had at the seminary, that uh, is engagement tantamount uh, to marriage? Mm-hmm. Not that I've ever heard tantamount in any other conversation, but <laughs> basically is, is engagement the same as being married? And that goes back to the biblical times, when in the biblical context, you know, Joseph. And and Mary were married. They were engaged.
0: The word was but, espoused, wasn't it? I yes. always wondered what the heck that meant. Yeah,
1: but but they 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 had not come together yet. But he calls you know you know that Mary is called his wife.
0: Yeah, yeah, even
1: though they haven't come together yet as and lived together as husband and wife, because in that culture, the 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 private. Promise that you made to each other in engagement was, okay, this is, you know, this means that we are going to be husband and wife. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I think in generations past, in our American culture, that was much more the case. And that's why when I was at the seminary, we had the conversation is engagement tend to mount to marriage? In other words, if you privately promised to somebody I'm going to be married to you mm-hmm. and you say, nah, I don't want to, you know, that's, that's like breaking a marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think there's some really good thoughts about that because in your engagement, you are starting to build your life together, right? You're making plans together. Uh, not just plans for the wedding day, right? But plans that go way beyond that. Uh, and you know, and our God wants to protect us. Uh, and so, I think it would you know, if I had my brothers, uh, that we would value engagement very highly, and say, if I am engaged to you, you know, I am saying we are going to be husband and wife for the rest of our lives. But I think in our culture, engagement has become more like, uh, now we're really going steady and Mm -hmm. we can be engaged for a long, long time and maybe not even set a wedding date, which, you know, in, you know, my generation just would not have happened. Right. You know, you set the, you, you get engaged and, and a week later you have the wedding date set and 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 everything is poured into getting ready for that wedding date.
0: Right. You know? I remember the the piece of advice growing up. Again, I'm I'm a little younger than you are, but quite a bit older than the generation that's you know in their twenties now. But that the idea is, you know, take a longer time in your dating and a shorter engagement. Um for a number of reasons, uh, and certainly one of them is the physical and, and sexual reality that comes mm-hmm. with that. You want to be together. You're making a commitment. I can even remember being engaged with that being a struggle. And I've talked to other other men and women who have said, yeah, the physical intimacy was tough because once we were engaged, it's like we're married. Um, you know, And even today, I'll, I'll hear people say that, well, it's like we're married, and it's and it's, boy, that's uh, that blurring of the lines rather than allowing it to be a season with a real intention and a real purpose. Um, we lose something in that. And I think it becomes dangerous when we don't see that.
1: Yeah. And and, and in my conversation, uh, email conversation with uh, the original per- couple who asked the question, I said, I think it's really important to go back to the institution of marriage. When we, you know, so what is marriage? Uh, Genesis 2.24, a man will leave his father and mother, be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Mm -hmm. So a man leaves his father and mother. It's a public announcement that I am no longer having my relationship with my parents as the primary relationship is in my life. I'm united to my wife. And that's what a, a lifelong vow is, is I'm, I'm glued to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then comes the safe place where we can become one flesh, one flesh, obviously, in the sexual union, but, but a husband and wife become united in so many different ways. Right, uh, And sadly, people jump to the one flesh and start getting united before there is a lifelong commitment, mm-hmm. uh, and and then people's lives are shattered because they they have built these bonds that that were one party didn't expect it to be lifelong,
0: right? You know? Right.
1: Um, so a man will leave his father and mother. This is a public announcement. You know, this is one you know so often people will say well we're living together and 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 it's like you said it's like we're married and it's like I I doubt before they live together that they announced to all their family and friends okay now this is a permanent relationship right
0: right uh, my right.
1: guess is they 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 this was a private decision that they made
0: yeah.
1: and and they just you know, Kind of go well, I you know people will eventually figure out that we think this is a permanent, or maybe it's I,
0: not i i I would say it's even more more well we'll see it's it's going really well, so we'll we'll see how it keeps going we'll 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 see how it goes we'll see how it goes and it's almost like a wish and a hope but with no foundation and no real root it's like I hope it works out but but if it doesn't we'll just we'll just move apart we'll just move out and i've been around this long enough to know that you know even in the even in the just we're living together phase without an engagement at least a promise of a c- commitment without it actually becoming one that still when those people break up that that union breaks up it is like a divorce exactly So that our
1: god gives commands not to limit our joy but to protect us mm. You know, and, and and there's just something incredible about the sexual union that unites uh, a man and a woman, uh, and you know, it is not God's desire that we trivialize that mm-hmm. and go, "Well, it's no big deal." No, it is a huge deal, right. and and you know, even on these TV programs where people are jumping in and out of bed, right? Even the Even the writers of the script recognize, okay, if if we brought these two characters together, their relationship will never be the same. Yeah. Because something very special happened. Mm -hmm. So even our culture recognizes, you know, sadly, our culture trivializes how how painful it is. Right. Uh, But even our culture recognizes... Boy, there's there's something special about that, and we should protect it. Is what God is
0: saying. Yeah,
1: you protect it by saying, make it public. This isn't something that happens at the back of a car, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, a man leaves his father and mother. He's united to his wife. He that there, there's this lifelong mutual pledge to each other. We are, we are gonna go through thick and thin to make this work. Mm-hmm. Uh and then that is the safe place for intimacy, for for building a, an entire life together.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, because you know, all your hopes and dreams become one. And that's this is one of the the toughest things about divorce, I think, is not just that you know you've lost that that relationship with somebody, mm-hmm. but you've lost your future. Right. Because you, you, suddenly, you have to envision a future that is, you know, without the person that you had built it on,
0: right? Built it together with. There's <laughs> an artist uh, who wrote a song, "Death, Death Without a Funeral." You know that that that's the picture of divorce. You know, as as the two have become one flesh. I remember a, a friend of mine was going through cancer um, treatments, and some of you who are listening and maybe been part of something like this or you know this, but they had, a, they had a, a port put in for drainage. And, you know, so that port is coming out of the skin, but the skin eventually grafts and starts to infuse that in. And my friend told me that the most painful thing out of all the surgeries and everything else was getting that port removed because of how the body had incorporated it into itself. Mm. And so the cutting out of that port was just excruciatingly painful.
1: Wow. And that,
0: that that's what... That's what you know. Divorce is, and and I go a step further. This is this is the thing, and I, and again, you know, pride goes before the fall. I'm I I. We are all capable of making the kinds of mistakes and the sins and the self centeredness that can ruin and end our marriages. So I am not saying this is just hey, well we've got it all figured out. But I've just I've I've, I've observed that when people don't take dating and engagement seriously and use it for what it's appropriate. I think that very much so our culture goes right to the physical intimacy because we desire that so strongly. Um, And I think guys have a different picture of what that intimacy feels and looks like. And women have a different, uh, you know, and, but that if you misuse the time for dating, which is really the asking of the questions and the getting to know of, and that engagement, Ben Stewart kind of writes about it as it's the beginning of starting to pull life together. Sure. And as you pull, like two magnets get pulled closer together, sometimes they attract, but sometimes they repulse. And so there can be a tension in there. It's, it's a space for you're you're moving out of evaluation toward commitment. And when we misuse these and we jump into physical, we say, Oh yes, this is the one. And then, well, we're like divorce. If it doesn't work out, it's okay. Not realizing that the collateral damage goes way beyond you. So why, why are all these old people, you know, concerned about my marriage? It's my, why do my mom and dad care? Why, why do my friends care about what's happening? And because we all stood up there and, and, witnessed and agreed that we would pray for you and be there for you to help you see this through, but that the pain that comes out, it's not just going to be tied to the two of you. It's going to go way outside that and bring kids into it. There's just a lot of healing that's going to need to happen and a lot of grace. And it's not the intention that God designed. So fight for it.
1: Right.
0: And it's easier to fight for it. If you use engagement for what it's intended to be.
1: Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, you're touching on something that many of our listeners have gone through divorce.
0: Exactly. Yep.
1: And the last thing I want to do is leave you uh, overwhelmed with a sense of guilt. Right. That we are all sinful human beings. And are acceptable in God's sight, not because we have made perfect decisions in the past mm-hmm. uh, or even right now. We are God's God's children, beloved sons and daughters of God, because God the Father has had His Son die in our place. Yeah, I am a saint. I am absolutely pure and holy because I am forgiven. Mm-hmm. that's true for every one of us and and when we look back and go oh, could have done something different there should have done something different there mm-hmm. rather than it letting define you and and uh, defeat you that you say okay I appreciate God's forgiveness in a new way yeah and I have learned some of the things that I want to what I I want to do differently moving forward, yeah. in my relationships moving forward. Yeah, you know one one of the things. It was uh this this year that I you know I read through the Bible every year, so yeah. I've read Psalm eighteen many many times, and I always thought Psalm eighteen must be written, early in King David's life because in Psalm eighteen he talks about his integrity, mm. and I'm going. Yeah. What a snook. How can he talk about his integrity? He was a, an adulterer and a murderer, right? Uh, but this year I, I read it and I went. He could write that at the end of his life too, because his sin did not define him. Yeah. You know, our lowest points, our weakest. Most horrible mistakes do not define who we are. God didn't refer to King David as the adulterer and murderer. He talked about King David mm-hmm. as a man after his own heart.
0: Yep.
1: You know, long after David's gone. Right. He talked about David as a man, he was a man after my own heart. Yep. God's view of King David was not the worst time of his life. Right. It was he is my forgiven child. and I, I pray that every one of us can claim that grace, especially when we're talking about sexual areas because it just so powerfully impacts our view of ourselves uh, and we can define ourselves by the, by our sins and our mistakes. It's like no, right that's not how God defines you.
0: yeah
1: he, you're, you're his child.
0: For our listeners, it just is is an additional thing of context. So thank you for going there. Um, I work with a lot of young adults. And um, so part of what you hear in me is the passion for our young people, because I've been in a number of Bible studies. We talk about this quite a bit, fighting for them to try to do it God's way. And uh, I'm 26 years into marriage, um, but I I know the temptations, I know the failures that come Um, I I know some of those tensions we've been very blessed Uh, my wife is very gracious Um, and so for those who might be struggling to stay in it Mm -hmm. you know to encourage people to fight for it but I have so many friends who have gone through divorce um, some people who were the who, who whose sin was a primary cause but for other people it was not and it was important for them to get out of that and but yet there is this wasn't God's intent um for what marriage is to be. We live in a sinful world. And so when you talk about Psalm 18, I was I went to and turned to it, and the NIV and the Bible writers put in some information in it that this is um this is early on, Psalm 18, and in David's writing, because he's delivered from the hand of Saul. But as a songwriter, it's weird to me that I've written a song. And like, I wrote it for a particular season and for a particular reason. And then I go through a hard time. And then like one of my kids or a friend will send it to me and say, Hey, I know you're dealing with some stuff, but you need to shut your mouth for a little bit and listen to this song. And then they forward me one of my own songs, which really really ticks me off. (laughs) Like, well, what did that kid know? You know, he doesn't know what I know now. And to your point about God's mercies being new and, and forgiveness experienced in a new way. So really grateful that you you um you bring us there. And so so Pastor Pete is older than me and he has seen the whole council of things. And so that's for all of you listening in, that's why you get a chance to to get uh, both of our perspectives well, at times.
1: And and the, the reason why I I, I aha about Psalm 18 yeah. is it, it is one of the psalms that's quoted in in Second Samuel chapter twenty two, that is at the end of the King David account.
0: Mm-hmm. The, the
1: very next chapter is entitled uh, "David's Last Words." Uh so so, yeah. so you know there there are about four psalms that are included in Psalm in Second Samuel twenty two portions of it, and it was like. I'm reading at the end of David's life and I'm reading, uh, yeah, that, uh, um, uh, where, where is it? I can't, I, I had, I just had it, but but this whole idea of, yeah, the Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands, he has rewarded me.
0: And he's uh, writing this at the, at the end of his life, this is coming up. <laughs>
1: yeah. Dude, it, have you it, forgotten? Yeah. Yeah. And that's when I, I, it just dawned on me that God did not define David's life, and David, you know, God doesn't want us to define our lives by our worst possible moment. Yeah, boy, that was that was a huge aha.
0: Yeah. So please, that, everybody, that only,
1: came, that only came after reading the Bible about forty-five times. So
0: yeah, and, and there's always more to learn. <laughs> so please, listeners, you know, hear that. You know, whether you're in a marriage in good standing or where you're praying for one or whether it's been, it's been a journey, please hear. Could you say that one more time? I just, I love God doesn't see me in my worst.
1: He doesn't define me by my worst moments. He defines me by his grace for me. I'm a child, of God, and that's what I can claim. You know, I, I'm not the, the horrible, center that I so often depict myself as no God sees me as a forgiven saint yeah
0: there's a um, another aspect of this that I think is worth ad- addressing um, and then I you know maybe it just we can do a quick recap as we wind this down but one of the the questions was and the objections of course we we are in just a, in a very polarized um very disunified United States. And so one of the things that people don't like is, well, I don't like the state. I don't like big brother. I don't like um, being observed by Google (laughs) uh, or my phone. (laughs) It's amazing. Like you and I can talk about pizza hut and I start, I just type P into Google my, and then boom, pizza hut is the first thing there. It's like, you're listening to me. So nobody wants to be defined by stuff. And one of them is the state. And so we want to be married in our, our own eyes without the state being involved um how, how do you respond to that and can a pastor actually view that as a as a marriage in that space that was part of the question and I I'd never really thought about it that way and I just thought you know I I think I do know people who have been in this common what do they call it a common common law marriage common law marriage you yeah. know
1: and 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 some states do recognize common law marriages um that uh i think it's texas that if you live together for seven years that's you're you're considered married you know that that you you know legally can be considered husband
0: and wife and is now, that i don't for, know is all, that for protection do you think
1: I, I don't know all the ins and outs of it okay uh but actually you know uh members of the congregation explain that to me um obviously this the weakness of that is my guess is people who entered a common law marriage did not again announce to mom and dad, Hey, mom and dad, we're, we're, we're going to be husband and wife. Uh, it'll take us seven years. The ceremony will take seven years. Uh, but, but we are married and, and we're, we're sticking out, sticking it out. Um, you know, my guess is many common law marriages started with, uh, we're just moving in together and pretty soon it's like, well, we're, we've stuck it out for seven years. Guess what? We're married. You know? Right. right. Um, but for, for us as Christians, it's just interesting. We're talking about this right now is right around the 4th of July, mm-hmm. because as Christians, we believe that the state has a function. Uh, And we honor the state by obedience and the state may have flaws, but how do we honor the state? Uh, And how do we honor all the people involved in it? The, The reason why the government says, I want you to get a marriage license is I want you to really understand that you are entering into a binding agreement here and we're going to protect each other husband and wife are being protected and as as you know the rest of the family you know is is this person a part of our family for the rest of our lives or is this a boyfriend or girlfriend that's going to be here this time and Next time, never mention this person's name. Um, Mm
0: -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. uh, You know, let us know. Uh, And you are being respectful. Not, oh, I must do this because, no, it's, I want to do this to show my respect for my government and to do all that I can to hold up marriage as something that's pure and holy and wonderful.
0: Yeah. Do you have a um uh, a legal reality as a officiant as a pastor?
1: Yeah. What's What's hilarious is is you know, uh, when it says right on there, you know, if we don't we don't fill this out, if we don't send it in, we're, we're going to be fined as pastors, you know. We ask for the uh, the marriage license on the, the night of the rehearsal because legally we are not t- to conduct the ceremony without the license in hand.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and so don't ask your pastor, hey, could you just marry us without a marriage license? Because you're asking him to break the law. Now, is this something that he's going to be thrown into prison for the rest of his life? No. But that still doesn't mean that you should be asking somebody to go against what the government says,
0: right? Okay, I didn't know that. I was kind of yeah. kind of curious, you know. Yeah. Cause yeah, you have to be you have to be officially licensed as an officiant, or you know. Like... It,
1: and now this is what's odd in Wisconsin, though. You don't have to be an officially licensed. Okay. Anybody can perform the ceremony in Wisconsin now. Hmm. It didn't used to be that way. Um, but if you are performing the ceremony, then you are the officiant and you have the responsibility. The couple don't doesn't have the responsibility. You have the responsibility to get the marriage license to the county clerk.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. And if you don't have signatures, they don't send it back to the the couple. They send it back to you as an officiant. Hmm. Um, I, I've had one where now they said, we can't, we can't read this signature who, is, and, and we can't read their printing either. What, what is, what is the best man's name? They don't ask the bride and groom. They ask me as the officiant. Okay. And I looked at it and went, oh, I don't remember his name either.
0: <laughs> so I
1: had to reach back onto the couple. Yeah. <laughs> but it's our responsibility as the one who's doing the ceremony okay to fulfill that legal document and it's a legal document i mean we are as 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 an officiant you are acting as a uh, representative servant, of, the state? Servant of the state
0: yeah okay right. okay it's interesting as we uh as we kind of um wind down uh i'd i'd love for you you went in you know the old the old school way that you learned about it, a tantamount to in, in engagement. But you know, to just maybe give a, a Christian explanation of the dating engagement marriage process, what is the value of that? Why is that important? Um, and why is it good for us to honor the way that God has laid some of that out?
1: Yeah. Uh, like I said, I think if we always go back to the the institution of marriage, and Jesus did, right? Yeah, you know, when did. when people when the Pharisees asked him about marriage right. and you know is is divorce permitted Jesus said Moses regulated divorce because of the hardness of your heart but that's not the way it was from the beginning and then he quotes Genesis 2:24. Right. So a man will leave his father and mother. He, he, what you're looking for is you're looking for somebody who will become the most important person in your life. And What is dating? Dating is just starting to learn to understand yourself and understand the person that you are interested in. So that's that's good.
0: But the 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 evaluating process is what dating is meant to be. yeah. Yeah,
1: but don't make don't jump into becoming one flesh because then you are uniting yourself in a way that will will be incredibly damaging if the relationship doesn't work out. Right. So God's protecting us. And then and and, you know, I would encourage couples when they're getting when they get engaged to be thinking in terms of we are absolutely certain we're going to be a husband and wife. And now we're starting to build our plans, our future together. And it's a solid foundation for our future together.
0: Why do we wait for the physical intimacy then?
1: Because in our, that's a great question, because uh, in our culture, we publicly announce to our, to the world, we are husband and wife in the marriage ceremony. Honestly, if you wanted to get engaged and, you know, in years past, we were always saying this is like, it, it, you know, if you want the big ceremony six months from now or a year from now, just go, you know, let's have a private ceremony. That's that's easy. If, if you are truly saying we are united as husband and wife for the rest of our lives and we want to become intimate, mm-hmm. then let's do the marriage right now. And uh, then you can have the big celebration sometime later.
0: And it's interesting that covid actually has made that happen. Yeah, far very, more commonly for, than would ever hear before.
1: Yeah, for about a year, we had a lot of renewal of vows. Right. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. or ratification of vows, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah,
0: but it, it, but if you're waiting, if you're if you're allowing for a a stretch of time between the engagement and and publicly making that commitment, um, the purpose of that um, that engagement period.
1: This is where I'm countercultural. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you had said it. I'm not sure if I think you said it before the before we started recording. Yeah, um, like that. Uh, make the dating time long and the engagement very short.
0: Yeah, that's the you advice know, was you, given to me.
1: Yeah, if if you are, you know, don't get engaged until you're you're sure that you this is this is the the person you want to spend the rest of your life with. Mm-hmm. and then plan the marriage and get get married because otherwise you're just setting yourself up for too much temptation yep uh and too much guilt god wants us to enjoy the the marvelous gift of intimacy uh and you know as a husband and wife you're praising god in in that point yeah and uh how many sadly how many people are Feeling guilty because they just their conscience says there's this isn't quite right. This isn't quite right. Right. Just get married.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like it's it's kind of like kids in some respects. It's like you know, I remember that was when when we were expecting our kids. That was when the uh, what what to expect when you're expecting books were so popular. Oh, right. You know, and like somehow you were going to read a book and you were just going to know how this whole thing was going to go. And it's like. It gave you these really nice specifics that were actually more generalizations as you went from, you know, we had three kids, so none of them were all the same, but we knew generally what was happening. And, you know, marriage, sometimes the same. It's like, well, I think we're ready now. And it's um, even God's like, don't worry about tomorrow. Today has enough. You just walk with me today and I'll be there tomorrow with you when you get to tomorrow. (laughs) But let's just grow together today. Um, with Christ as a foundation. And I like the way that you said that too, that God intends um, the, the 10 commandments. You can look at it, the 10 not do, do nots, but there's, it's really the 10 dues. Um, there's the boundary lines and inside those boundary lines, is this is great blessing that is there. And God wants you to experience that. Yeah. It's
1: it's interesting you use the term boundary lines because um, the way our congregation is organized, uh, we talk about boundaries. So, uh, the ministry board sets boundaries that I, as a ministerial team leader, I I, I have to stay within those boundaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, but boy, I've got lots of flexibility within those boundaries. You know, yeah. don't do anything scripturally on you know wrong. Don't do anything that will will harm the unity of the congregation. Keep focused on the mission. Uh, 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 of our congregation. But boy, there's a lot of flexibility within that. Yeah. Uh, and that's true for us as uh, Christians too. The, the Ten Commandments are just boundaries trying to protect us from what's outside the boundaries that are yeah. going to be harmful for us. But boy, inside we've got lots of time to and and, and things to enjoy. And so many.
0: Yeah. Psalm 19 is one of my favorite ones. Whenever I was teaching the fifth commandment and I try to remind people that the psalmist says the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. And I, I just love the picture that the the place in between the boundary lines is pleasant. And there's something good coming up at the end of, of this thing too, the inheritance. And just that's the way that God wants us to understand his why his laws are in place. He knows how humanity was wired. He knows how he wired you and how it relates to other people. Um, like you said, when we go and smash ourselves on the boundary lines, like you can break yourself to pieces just trying to run and you know, beat yourself up against that rock and crash it and get on the other side of it. Sometimes it seems like there's there's stuff that happens from the outside in a sinful world. Somebody lobs some slushy snowball and it hits us in the face and ruins our pleasant place. But but God is still there and he's working through all of it for his glory and the delightful inheritance that's coming. So this has been good. I, I hope for those of you who have been wondering about this question on engagement and marriage and some of the legal stuff that, uh, that this was helpful for you. Uh, any closing thoughts, Pastor Pete?
1: Uh, just recognizing that, that when I'm speaking God's word, you know, that that's one thing, some of these things, you know, What my brothers for the the term engagement, Mm -hmm. you know, I I I am not I am not speaking for God saying this is what engagement must be in our culture, right? Uh, You know, it's cultural norms are different, but the whole idea of public lifelong commitment and then the the sexual union and I think if you keep those three th- that order that will help you as you kind of sort through all of these things and and does my you know boyfriend or girlfriend you know think of engagement the same way well definition of that word isn't important what's important is the progression from Genesis yeah. two twenty four
0: that's that's great awesome. Well, you are listening to great questions, great conversations. Uh, thank you for our listeners who sent in uh, this set of questions. It has been a wonderful topic and a great conversation. If you have questions, if there are some things within the span of Christianity that uh, that you've always wondered about or that has been confusing to you, and that you'd like to see some clarity, we will we will do our best to have that conversation and. Um, Again, we, we can't promise here's, here's everything on that topic, but we hope that will help in your journey as you wrestle with some of these topics as well. Uh, for uh, St. Paul's and the Bridge here at Muskego, uh, I am Mike Westendorf, this is Pastor Pete, and we will see you again next time.